Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence through our contact page at warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on Truth Social, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Getter, Tumblr, Linktree, and you can also down, listen and download our shows by going to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post, Christianity in America, Persuasion, Purpose, and Patience. Christianity in America faces extinction and is daily subject to the the direct immoral persuasions and platitudes of those in society who directly offend the Lord God with their immoral ways. Do not miss this post, Christian Discernment, Frogs, Folly, and Truth. There is no doubt today society is lawless. But years ago, there were voices who warned of these days. Do not miss this post, Thomas Jefferson's In the Course of Human Events. Thomas Jefferson's In the Course of Human Events reminds Americans today of the great hand in forging this nation. In the beginning, God in this nation brought many different people. And the latest posts on warn-usa.com are, do not miss this post, End of Days Advocacy Gospel News Classic Warn Radio. Classic Warn Radio episode of End of Days Advocacy News follows the Christian church worldwide. Here we see the ongoing persecution around the world. And do not miss this post. Evangelism Challenges Gospel Classic Warren Radio. Evangelism Challenges Gospel Classic Warren Radio greets these perilous times as nations once formerly closed to the gospel have found the gospel. Do not miss this post. Eyes of Understanding, Redemptive Inheritance of the Saints, Part 4 on Sound the Shofar. Eyes of understanding is that point where once the darkness shielded your will and mind for comprehending what is before you. Here those in darkness do not know our God and Father, nor his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. 
and be sure to pick up your copy of The Rising. It's a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana G. Smith. The Rising details a takeover of America. And the nation is at risk. There's danger and intrigue, and dark forces are plotting to bring this country into the globalist new order. And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to DanaGlynSmith.com where you can visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop. And we feature the rising and other Christian books as well as resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Another week. Yes, it this is. This is Thursday. It's the May- last... Thir- is it the last Thursday? It is. The last Thursday of the month. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it is. Next week is the first. Yeah. I cannot believe it. Me either. Wow. Things just zip by. Yes, they do. It's hard to believe. And today is the 25th. Of August. two thousand yeah. In the year of our Lord, 2022. They don't even say that anymore. They used to. In the year of our Lord. Well, that's because the generation that used to say all that believed. And, they're <coughs> and we got a, Yeah, we got a bunch of pagans. We're going to turn them around, though, for the Lord. Yep. That's my hope. Yep. Okay, tonight on Battle Lines is Mine Inheritance, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 143. Mine Inheritance describes the relationship of Judah to the Lord God, but herein is also addressed the truth of Babylon in all this. He that shows no mercy shall receive no mercy of the Lord. The lady of kingdoms was no lady. The powerful broker of war and pillage found the heavy hand of the Lord's judgment upon them. They would not escape punishment. Judgment fell on Babylon and mercy upon Judah in in that the Lord would lead them back to Jerusalem and the temple. And now back to you and I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Well, I want to also talk about tomorrow night, or tomorrow, excuse me, we are in a new series called End Time Affliction Survival Practice, and it will be part two tomorrow. So uh, go on over to warn-usa.com and you can uh, listen to part one. 
And uh, tomorrow is part two. And so uh, it's a little different with this series. This series, we're on uh, quite a few more parts. <laughs> and we've been doing this one a long time. Mine Inheritance. Isaiah's prophetic book. And uh, we begin in verse 4. You know, when you read this, you know, like verse 4, As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. A Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, or over all agencies, the Holy One of Israel. And uh, the Gentile nations knew two things. They did know about the God of Israel. Because many of them knew what happened with Egypt and Pharaoh. And they know what happened to those nations who stood in their way. They also paid attention to the prophets. And we've even given some of those examples and uh, in this study, talking about it. So make no mistake. <laughs> you know, this God did not do things in a box. He did it for the nations to know. Just like Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should let Israel know? Well, uh, let Israel go. Well, he found out. And so did the other nations. So as for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. That's verse 4. Now, if we go up here to verse 3 which is a thought thy nakedness shall be uncovered yea thy shame shall be seen I will take vengeance and will not meet thee as a man that's verse 3 and that's about Babylon the nakedness I will take vengeance. I will show them no mercy. And here <clears throat> is part of the judgment. The Lord called <clears throat> as judgment upon Judah for its many sins, Babylon. And Judah went into captivity for 70 years, and that's history. We all know that. At least you should know it. And so, the part about Babylon, and, and when you get into talking about Babylon, and then you have mystery Babylon in the New Testament, it just does not go real well for Babylon. Whether you're in the Old Testament or whether you're looking at Revelation and Mystery Babylon. Because God brings judgment on her, double for her double. 
And at the same time, the Lord tells the people, he says, Come out of her, my people, so you do not partake of her sins and receive of her plagues. He's speaking to his people. Now, of course, in in modern Christianity, most of the church believes in a pre-trib rapture. So when you get into some of these verses, they, well, I'm not going to be here anyway. Because they've been taught the pre-trib rapture. And I, I don't argue with them. I don't argue with people. The bottom line of it is, is that, you know, even in America today, America is going to see a lot of trouble. And the church is still going to be here. Now, make no mistake, they're not going to be here for everything. And even in the Word of God, when we look at um, the Lord taking care of his people, he will. And so, at any rate, <clears throat> that's verse 3. So that's where we've come from. Now we get into this part. And, of course, the whole thing about Babylon is the enchantments you know, the sorceries, the wickedness, the corruption. And, of course, Babylon was a rich place, very powerful. Mystery Babylon is rich, very powerful. These are ultimately wicked So verse 4, as for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Verse 5, sit thou silence and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for you shall no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. You know, it's kind of interesting because when, you know, when you have a place like Babylon that is powerful, that defeats kingdoms at will they have lots of cash well let's put it this way trinkets treasure booty you know that which makes a city-state rich and powerful and so people trade with her which provides commerce for the people of babylon those who are influenced by her those who live within her gates, those who live around her, those who have peace with her, made peace with her. And so you have that prosperity and that commerce, even if it is Babylon. And of course, the Jews were to come out of her. And Babylon, of course, was destroyed by Cyrus being called of God. And they were to go back to Israel. Because you, you know, you're not going to stick around, although some of them did. Daniel stayed in Babylon. So we have this overriding power. And it is the Holy One. He is the Holy One of Israel. What have we to do with thee, O God of Israel? 
Why are you bothering us? For we did nothing to you. But you have my people. So in verse 6 he says, I was wroth with my people. I polluted my inheritance and given them into thine hand. This is for judgment for what they were doing. And I mean, they did a lot of horrible things. Like passing their children through the fire unto Baal. I have polluted my inheritance. He sent them into judgment. And the judgment was going into being taken to Babylon for 70 years. And they didn't take everybody. Of course, they left some behind. But they did take a lot. And, of course, when Sennacherib's dad took the northern tribes, he literally carried them away. And, of course, when we say that, they will leave people to do the fields, keep the harvest, run the city, you know, to help out with the labor. But they're still defeated people. And it goes in here in verse 6, Thou didst show them no mercy, and upon the ancient hast thou laid, hast thou very heavily laid thy yoke. In other words, they treated them really bad. They showed them no mercy. Now, of course, the Chaldeans were a bitter and a hasty nation. They were terrible. They, they were conquerors. You didn't want to be conquered by them. You didn't want to be defeated. You didn't want them to bother with you. And if you could stay on their good side, you could trade with them and be all right. But, you know, you didn't want to be one of those nations that they intend to conquer. But see, Israel over in Jerusalem, that was a prize. Because they knew there was a temple there. And if you follow the story back, and you go all the way back to Hezekiah, you'll find that the, you know, it did get out that there was a lot of treasure in Jerusalem. So that, that's, that's a thing that Babylon would have been interested in. And so... You can say when you read this, well, they did wrong. They were in captivity for that wrong. And, of course, Babylon is a warring nation. They defeated them. They have every right to treat them bad. And that's what they did. But they didn't show them no mercy. In other words, they went beyond what God wanted them to do. And by doing so they would be treated the same way as they treated Israel or Judah. And see, there's that recompense. And verse 7, it says, And thou saidest, or you said this, I shall be a lady forever. In other words, they 
didn't care what the Lord God of Israel said. Because we defeated Israel, and where was their God? Well, their God was looking the other way because of the sins. So it would have been natural for them to ignore any warning. But the thing of it is, they never expected Cyrus to show up, who openly admitted that it was the Lord God of Israel who called him to overthrow Babylon and to release the people. I mean, he had a call. God used him. And that's what happened. But see, God don't like it when you have a nation and, you know, he would rather his people repent than send them into Babylon. And he would have rathered Babylon hadn't done all those things. But you see, the kingdoms of men rather... (laughs) They don't usually go around doing everything that pleases God. Not at all. And so when we see the Lady of Kingdoms, again we think of Revelation 18. And Revelation 18 is not just Babylon, but it's mystery Babylon. She is a mystery. And she's a mystery for a lot of reasons. She has extraordinary wealth. She's risen above all the nations on earth. And she has the people of God in this mystery Babylon who were told to come out of her. And she had a lot of sins. She glorified herself. She lived deliciously. You know, I mean, when you go through Revelation 18... Back in the early 1900s and before that, when England was such a great power and the sun never set on the British kingdom, scholars then, and I found this out through my own pulpit commentary that I have, which is a pretty extensive set, And uh, I found some of them in there that were referring to at the time. When they wrote this, they wrote it when Great Britain was really powerful. And she was the lady of the kingdoms of earth. I mean, she was the most powerful. The British were the most powerful empire there was, practically. Uh, China wasn't powerful. Russia wasn't powerful. But Britain was. And so they called Britain Mystery Babylon. And so you fast forward and you look at the UK, who now is not that powerful like it was. And it has its own troubles. But then you saw also, uh, during World War II, the rise of America... And you saw another uh, nation that had a kingdom that could be likened unto Mystery Babylon. 
and that is America. But you see, the thing about Babylon is that her influences influences the nations. The old Babylon did, and the new Babylon, Mystery Babylon does, but in a more extraordinary way, which actually goes clear to the end of time in the prophecy and revelation as we know it. And we see her falling. But at any rate, Revelation 18, and you can, for all nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. See, because this nation had so much that was above any other nation, the delicacies, those things that you want. Those things that you can't get anywhere else. And then, of course, her fornication. Because she had all manner of ideas and gods and things that she was enriched with. The nations were so infatuated with Mystery Babylon that the phrase, all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath, See, they become drunk in a stupor over all the things that they have, the delicacies and the porn, all the things. You know, there's no sin anymore. You know, fornication. You have all the money in the world. You have every kind of delicacy there is. And you see... Anything your heart desired, Mystery Babylon had it. And anything that you wanted to do was okay. This is Mystery Babylon. And she influences the nation so much that this is so wicked it's able to actually nurture the beast when he comes. And right in the middle of all of this, we have the Lord saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partaker of her sins, that you receive not of her plagues. Now, see, he doesn't tell his people you know, hey, it's okay to stay there. No, you need to come out of her. Now, see, when we talk about coming out of her, we have two two things we're looking at. Number one, physically come out of the city. And along with that is physically be separated from the darkness of mystery Babylon and the things they do. In other words, you think of Lot in Sodom. And he's surrounded with all manner of sins, and it vexes his soul. This is what Scripture says. And Lot's finally delivered by the angels. He has him, his daughters, and his wife, who looks back. She becomes stone, and the rest of them 
escape. But see here the warning is simple. Come out of her. Because if you partake of her sins, you will receive of her plagues. He's talking to his to those who are who are known as his people, God's people. And this is imperative here in this. Why is it why is it so imperative to get out right now? Because the judgment is full. And God will not proceed on a judgment this complete unless the sins is full. Now one thing he told Abraham, he had given him the land. And Abraham had a a dream that scared him, a very dark dream. And God told him, your people are going to be going into bondage. You know, they're going to go into another land. He told him it all. And he said, he told Abraham, you can't have the land that I'm promising you now because the sins aren't full. And there, there finally came a time when the sins of those people were at the full and righteously God would judge them because he knew they were going to do that. It was going to be that full. And so when we talk even of America and the judgment on of America, God is not going to fully destroy this nation until the sins are to the full. But see here, when we look at Mystery Babylon, her sins have reached unto heaven. God has remembered her iniquities. In other words, it's, it's time. They're at the full. I mean, they just didn't fill Sodom, uh, you know, Babylon. They filled the countryside. They affected the merchants of the earth. They affected the kings of the earth. They affected the nations. All of them have been so infatuated, they've become like drunken, you know, a drunken raging party where they can do anything they want to fornicate any way they want to, and they can have a huge meal. Which also reminds us of the Romans when they would have their big orgies. You know, and they would drink, and they would eat. You know, they just gorge themselves. And, you know, you get full... Go over and find a place, throw up, and go eat some more. Have any kind of fornicating that you want to do. Rome was known for that. And all are rich, and the Caesar, you know, they would all get together. But Mystery Babylon is different. She is set apart as the one in the entirety of Revelation. Her sins had reached unto heaven. God had remember her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you. Double unto her double. So when you have two times two, that's four. I mean, we're talking in the cup which she has filled, filled to her double. She is going to have more than she bargained for. 
And then, of course, it goes on to describe how much more. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her, for she said in her heart, I said a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. And that's, when you're a rich nation, Babylon, old Babylon would have said that. They wouldn't have been worried. Israel wasn't going to uh, take it, you know, their people back. Israel didn't really exist. It had been judged. Both houses by that time had gone into captivity. You have 70 years, and God was getting ready to judge Babylon and bring one of the, you know, the house of Judah back into the land and get them to build a, a temple and rebuild Jerusalem. And that was Judah then. And, of course, Judah has some other tribes with it. But when you look today, Israel is now officially in the land since 48. But there's, there's other Jews now, some others from the tribes. And, of course, this, too, is part of prophecy. So, you see, this is what God does. He brings his people back. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine, and she shall utterly burn with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication live deliciously, deliciously with her, shall bewail her and lament her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Now, I like this part, because it tells you how fickle nations are. Are you a partner with America or are you a partner? You know, do you, you know, are you one of those who are friendly to Babylon? Oh, yeah. They're our friends. They take care of us. Well, guess what? The friends of Mystery Babylon, they committed fornication. They were doing the same thing. They lived deliciously off of her. They became wealthy and powerful. And when they see this, their, their meal tickets start to burn and be destroyed, they begin to wail and lament. Why? Because that was their ticket. You know, hey, man, with Babylon, you have nothing to worry about. You know, look at America. Look at all the people coming up here from around the world. You have some enemies in there. But most of them are coming from other nations. And a lot of them are coming from third world nations. They're coming to America because they still believe this nation is the same nation it was a long time ago. They have no clue that we have people in this nation that want America to become communist. They want America to become socialist. They don't appreciate the Bill of Rights. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about how it started. They don't care that people have lived here and raised families and everything. They don't care. See, a meal ticket. And so these people who are so friendly to Babylon and are meant, you would think that they would try to do something, go up and help her. But the intense of the burning and the destruction is so much, they don't want anything to do with it. So they bewail her and lament. Well, that was good while it lasted. Verse 10 tells you, standing far off for fear of her torment, 
See, you get close to the fire, you're going to get burned. You're not going to go near there. Whoever destroyed Babylon, you want nothing to do with them. If they ask you, are you a friend? No, we're not a friend. Alas, that great city Babylon, the mighty city, for in one hour thy judgment has come. And I think of 9-11 because that happened so quickly and you could see the smoke of the burning. And a lot of people saw that and believed that. See, because you never know. And so why were the believers, those who were God's people, told not to get so involved in Babylon? Because you didn't know the hour of the day. The destruction was going to be so complete. If you didn't come out of her, you would die with her. And if you did the same thing she did, you would be so blinded you wouldn't want to leave. So he says, come out of her. Don't partake of her sin. Stay away from her. And see, Christian today, in this country called America, you as a Christian, you as a denomination, you need to stay away from the sins of this nation. You need to step out of it. You need to be different. You need to understand your kingdom is not of this world. Because you get in here, you, are will, you will be destroyed with them. So when we look at this today, when we look at the thing concerning Israel and Babylon and see how strong Babylon was, it was important. God was going to send someone to deliver them. They were to get out of there even though they didn't know how. The prophet told them to let Jerusalem come to mind. When you get out of the city gates, let Jerusalem come to mind. If you read the warnings of the Lord, and he told them, when, they, when the apostles were showing him the stones of the temple and, every, and everything, he said they're all going to be thrown down. You know, and we all know what scripture says. If this thing begins to happen, come down off the rooftop and leave. Don't take anything with you. If you're in the field working and it happens, get out of there. Don't go back to your home. You're going to be destroyed. See, this is the urgency. That's what these scriptures tell you, Christian. And when we're talking about the deliverance of Judah, even Judah didn't know everything that was going to happen. But see, at the same time that Babylon was destroyed, they were delivered. And so there is a warning here. In verse 8 it says, Therefore hear now this, Thou that art given to pleasures, that dwellest carelessly, that sayest in thy heart, I am none, I am, and none else beside me, I shall not sit a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. Now see, one of these verses, a widow, she's a widow because her husband went out and fought and was killed. And they didn't know the loss of children. That term relates to the fact that children who who are still their children, but they're grown up, they're old enough to fight. They go out and they get killed. You know, I'm not going to sit as a widow. We're going to win our battles. My husband is not going to die. 
The women are not going to get raped. They're not going to get violated. My children are not going to get killed. But when you have the judgment, as we see here in Isaiah, and the reason I stress this is because in the church today, we are pathetically ignorant on this, and we think that this does not apply to America or to our day and age. And we have got seven letters to seven churches, the Lord showing us that he's going to hold the churches and those in them accountable. And the church is not the bricks and stones. The church is us. We are the temple of the living God. We have his spirit. And it says in 1 John chapter 1, it talks about that. If, if we walk in the light, if we, his believers, walk in the light as he is in the light, meaning the Lord, in his light, how he walks in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And then the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can find it in 1 John 1. See, there's a relationship there. And you can't have one foot in darkness and the other foot in light and say that you're having fellowship with the Lord. You can't be a preacher. Now, see, in America you can, but not for God. See, we got a lot of preachers out there. Well, I'm a preacher of this and this church, but I'm all for abortion. Abortion is killing the baby. That's the same thing as Judah passing the children through the fire. That's damnation for you, buddy, because or gal, because that is shedding innocent blood, and that is murder. And it's time for this country to repent of it and every other nation because America is not the only one. And this is where the spirit of Babylon comes in because abominations globally can be different. We have abominations in America that you're not going to find to the degree as, uh, as it is here. For instance, uh, you can get on over in Iran and there's some of the abominations we do in America. You won't find them like that there. You'll find other abominations, but you won't find these. See, that's how the spirit of abomination in that cup. It has a cup and a deception and an abomination just for you and your nation. And the only way to escape that is through Yahshua, Jesus Christ. And say here, dwell carelessly, given to pleasures. That says in your heart, I am and none else beside me. Well, we live in America. Nothing's going to happen to us. We're not, we don't go to war. We haven't been to war. I, you know, I have my husband. We've been together. You know, he's not going to go fight in a war and get killed. I, I don't have to worry about my children being drafted because we're not at any war. We dwell carelessly. See, that's really our problem. Because we just don't see it. I've been warning and tower with me for many, many years. This nation right here of the sins and to repent. I have talked to people in person. And I've lost friends. People just don't want to be around you anymore when you're talking about judgment. You don't believe that? Take a good look at Jeremiah. Nickname for him is the weeping prophet. 
But see, verse 9 of this, But these two things shall come unto thee in a moment in one day. What does the Lord say? I'm coming again, and you will not know the hour of the date. Well, this also happens with judgment, and it happened with Babylon of old, and it happened with mystery Babylon. It happened to Nineveh. The first time Nineveh repented, but some 70 years later, she was judged because she forgotten. You see, people just don't think that. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't think it. The sins of Sister Sodom, when discussing that, they don't even mention sodomy or homosexuality. The problem was pride. That's right, pride. Fullness of bread. Those were two of them. You have plenty to eat, you got pride, and then you begin to go do things you shouldn't be doing. But you see, when God moves, and it's judgment, it's just like how he dealt with Assyria when Hezekiah was on the throne, Isaiah was around, and Sennacherib had his army at the gates of Jerusalem. Oh no, Jerusalem's going to be destroyed. Isaiah said, no, that's not going to happen. And then one morning when they went out, of course there were some of the poor and the bums outside the gate that the army didn't bother with. They saw him going into the tents of the Assyrians and coming out with food and various things. They were carting them all away. So finally they opened up the gates. They went in and they found 150,000 of them dead. And the leaders, you know, Sennacherib left. They all left. Sennacherib was later killed in the house of his god by his two sons. This marked the end, the, the fall. Assyria started falling after that. But see, this is, this is what happens. See, in today's day and age, you have a whole pile of nations that don't believe God for a second. China believes the communist, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, that's the God of China. In North Korea, it's Kim Jong-un. In Iran, they're waiting for the Mahdi and the Ayatollah is the one that runs a place. You see, the nations of men have already erected their own gods. And they don't believe for a second. But you see, you can't typecast all the abominations. Because this lady has a cup full of abominations. Custom made. There's always some abomination in that cup that is customized to your nation and you're going to do it you're going to be deceived and when the end comes you will not see it
and see the loss of children in widowhood. And it says, They shall come upon thee in their perfection. Fullness. Perfection. In other words, this judgment is perfect to do its purpose for the righteousness of God concerning wickedness. You will not escape. You will not know. And when you're surrounded, there's nowhere to go. And see, there's another term used in the prophets. Fear, pit, and the snare. When this thing begins to happen, you begin to fear and you begin to run, trying to find a place to get away. And so, as you're running, trying to get away, you fall into the pit. If you escape the pit, you fall into the snare. Those three things, metaphors, for one thing. There is no escape. The only ones that escape are the ones God intends to escape. The children of Israel, Judah didn't have anything to worry about. But the woman, Revelation 17, 3 through 6. Now, I, I like this verse, especially when we're talking about this in regards to Babylon. So he carried me away into the spirit, into the wilderness, and I saw a woman that sat upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Seven is the perfect uh, number of God. Ten is the number of fullness. You can see the five wise virgins, the five foolish virgin, virgins. So we have, you know, the power and the authority in the seven heads and the ten horns. And it's a perfect power of darkness. Absolutely sets this particular woman apart. And she was arrayed in purple and scarlet and decked with gold, precious stones, and pearls. Now you see, all those are royalty colors. And having all kinds... If you're in the world and you're dressed like this and you have the finest gold and precious stone and pearls, you're going to have everybody want to talk to you. That's the way we are. Oh, she's so successful and she's so beautiful. I have got to go get her autograph. And she is holding a cup. And as you approach, she lifts it up and you see it gleaming. And all of a sudden you feel that spirit which she has. And you're willing. Oh yeah, I want some of that. I've heard so many pe people tell me. Yeah, I know all about the mark of the beast. So, you know, when that comes, I'm not going to take it. If you're not found in the Lord... You're going to take the mark. That's all there is to it. So if you don't know the Lord today, you need to get with it and come to know him. Not for my sake. You're not saving my skin. 
But Christ died on the cross for you. And if you really want to know what is true, you need to seek him and repent of your sins and receive him. Upon her forehead was the name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Now this is John. This is who's writing this. This woman is drunk on the blood of the saints. And she's drunk with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Now you can see more about the martyrs of Jesus in Revelation 6 in the seals. And so when he saw her, he wondered with great admiration. Now this is something. The angel even asked him, why did you wonder? She's nothing to wonder about. This is wickedness. But see... When you're dealing with this kind of wickedness, this is deception. And all of these types, all of this description is here to illustrate the deception of what is Mystery Babylon. And it also illustrates, in part, Babylon of old. And how great it really was. But it was nothing like what is going to happen in the end of days. Now verse 10. Now, now we, we went through all of this stuff. Now just put this on the side for a moment. Verse 10. This is like taking a deep breath and trying to ponder what you have just read or heard. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, and I like to say it this way, for you have trusted in your wickedness. You have said, nobody can see me. And see, today, I mean, get down on a human level. We have Antifa and BLM. We have scores of young people that run into various stores and steal them blind and they get away with it. See, nobody sees them. The governor and all those people... The prosecuting attorneys in some of these states don't prosecute them, usually. Nobody does anything. Nobody sees them. I've watched videos, and you probably have too. These people come in, and they're stealing everything. Nobody does a thing. They just let them. Now, you see, that's the lawlessness of the age illustrated, and that is in America. That is a bad thing. 
and that's a sign and you can say that the churches today many of them don't even see it we have many signs going on right now in America of how bad it really is now verse 10 goes on to say thy wisdom and thy knowledge it has perverted thee you have said in your heart, I am and none else beside me. Good grief. That's called pride, by the way. Pride. It blinds. Pride sends people to Sheol. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, bless those who hear this whenever they do. Feed them and teach them move in their hearts. Help them to come to you to get out of this world as far as where their heart is we're to come out of this world we're in the world we're not of the world help them to be that and in Jesus name I bind you Satan and the powers of darkness from the preaching teaching streaming and receiving of this word Okay, Tower. Now remember, that was Isaiah 47. We got three more chapters. We'll be up in chapter 50. And there's a lot of good stuff coming. Because Isaiah covers a lot of things. But this thing is where you live right now. It's not just about Israel of old. Are you there? Yes. I'm here. It's hard to see the state that America is in. You know? And I hope that people come to the Lord because that's... If people only knew what the Lord could do for them yeah. or would do for them. Well, I hope America repents so we don't have to go through all oh, that. Oh, me too. I pray that all the time. We have to sign off here. Okay, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you. We hope the best for you. Be safe. Take care of yourself. Pray for your brethren. Pray for us. And we pray for you. Okay, we love you. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites, warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Till next time, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warn Radio.